This episode of The Tome Show is brought to you by our patrons. You can support the show like them at patreon.com slash thetomeshow. Welcome to the Tome Book Club for June of 2023. The Tome is a D&D news reviews and interviews show, and I'm your Tome host, Tracy Hurley. And I'm Jeff Greiner. In each book club episode, we discuss one D&D-related book. Spoilers be damned in full book club style. Boy, words are hard tonight. Uh, and our book this time around is Perdido Street Station by China Mieville. Sort of. You're going to get some bonus recommendations in this episode as well, for reasons we'll discuss shortly. And with us, as always, is Eric Paquette. Hello, bonjour. 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 Yes. Um, next episode, which we'll record towards the end of August, we'll be reading Six of Crows by Lee Bordugo. Before we get started on that, I want to say thank you to our patrons. They help me pay the bills. Uh, you can help out too by going to patreon.com slash the tome show and offering as little as a dollar a month. Who can't give up $12 a year to, to help keep their favorite form of entertainment going? Now on to the book. Perdido Street Station by China Mieville. Um, this is a book that was recommended to us through the Appendix E, the fifth edition appendix with all the book recommendations for sources of inspiration. Um, I remembered that um, there was an episode or an issue of Dragon Magazine back in the, the 3.5 era where they published a, ho a whole article or two or maybe the whole Maybe the whole issue was dedicated to this book and, and converting it to D&D. &D. I think maybe they actually got China Mieville to write for the, the issue, maybe. I'd have to go back and look. and I probably don't have that magazine anymore. Um, anyway, so that the book occurred in my head. And at the time, I remember thinking, wow, this is very different from D&D &D fantasy. I don't know how interested I am in checking this out. Uh, and then it sort of sat in the back of my head for years now, a decade, more than a decade now. Um, and so it came up for us to decide on what to read for this uh, book club. And I said, all right, let's maybe I'm more mature. Let's 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 check it out. Let's see if I can if I can hack it now where I had no interest before. Um, so I was struggling to get through it all. Uh, the first half of the book read to me like a modern-ish sci-fi author trying really hard to be like a cross between Mary Shelley and Jane Austen. Like right, the writing felt very Victorian to me, even though the, the content and the setting were very, mostly not Victorian. Um, and so I was really struggling. And then about halfway through it, it became a little bit more D&D-ish. They kind of formed a party. There was mention of like adventuring groups running around and doing like there was a whole new element to the story that previously was not hinted at. Uh, and so I, I was having an easier time with it, but I was still, I, uh, I was just talking to Eric before the recording. I'm still about nine hours away from finishing it as of a week ago. So when I texted y'all to say, Hey, when do we, when do we want to record? Um, and the response was, well, we can record whenever, but I don't know that I'm going to be done from Tracy, I, th I think, responded first. And then Eric was like, yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to finish it on, on time either. And I'm like, oh, I was going to have to really marathon these last like nine hours to, to finish it, too. Uh, we all suddenly, after reading however much we got through, discovered, 
none of us are really liking this book. Uh, and there's a general rule of if you don't like a book, you shouldn't read it. Uh, you know, quit books often is a is a probably a good strategy. Uh, I usually we all have differing tastes. Uh, and so if I'm not liking a book that we're reading for the book club, I usually try to struggle through it anyway uh, for the benefit of being able to do these book clubs. But if all of us aren't liking it, I was ready to pull the trigger and and um, invoke the rule of if you're not liking a book, don't waste waste your time reading it. Does that sum up the, the tale? Uh, that was my <laughs> perspective of the story. And I think to be fully honest and transparent, I think I didn't even say I don't think I'll be finished. It's just like I, oh, I'm not gonna yeah. finish. Uh, I'm not gonna be finished with the book. Like it, this week, next week, it didn't matter. Not yeah. finished. <laughs> okay. So it wasn't an issue of time. It was an issue of you have no interest in finishing. I and I I have about 14 hours left. I think I got to part three or something. Um, so I don't think I even got fully, like, I know I can kind of know what's coming from some of the hints, but I, I didn't get to where that we actually were getting to, um, something that's a little more like the meat of the story. Like, so. And I think, I think it's telling that you can get halfway through the book and still feel like you haven't gotten to the meat of the story. Because when I mentioned me too, I was almost halfway and i was like feeling like where is the story in this right where is the story when jeff was mentioning picks up after the halfway mark i've continued and i managed to get to, to two-thirds of the story but yeah you get a story I, you get something that's coming but i i was not too impressed and i checked, I, honestly i checked the room where i was and Pretty much the the place where I'm at, which is at a hyperlogical construct console, a sentient AI thing that they meet, which is really cool. I got ahead into him. He has great description and great imagination for his setting. That I love. But clearly, there's like three paragraphs after that left, and most of those paragraphs in the, in the summary are one line each. So literally, you're at two thirds, and you got the story, but okay, it's done. Right. So the the summary says that two thirds of the way through the book is basically the end of the story, which means, oh, so the last like third is going to be more like the first half, where it's just going on and on and on yeah. and not going anywhere. I I heard an interesting description of it that I think is pretty apt, and is that. I don't know if this is literally true or just how someone interpreted it, but it's like they took a bunch of short stories and found a way to paste them together. Mm. Or, or, um, and I was like, once I, cause today I was reading, I was like, okay, let me see what other people thought about this before we, we talk. So I can at least uh, get a little clearer idea of what was going on and with me, with the book and like everything. And that was one of the ones I came across was somebody describing it as kind of like these, these short stories. Well, and the first brought half, together. the first half felt to me like somebody who was very, very impressed with the world that they created so much so that they forgot to tack a story onto it, you know, <laughs> uh, which is not the kind of novel I like reading, <laughs> you know, it is a really unique setting and, and like, I don't dislike the setting at all. Um, it was just so much it felt like... talk without a lot of things happening. <laughs> Right. And, and I don't even like, 
I could enjoy something like that. I just will never enjoy it with what was actually going on because I'm not a gritty person and like right. the um, reveling in the disgust was only, was a little too much sometimes for me. But I think it is kind of interesting as a D&D novel, like, like tying it back to D&D a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it is one of the novels that I have, like one of the stories I have read where they actually do create a world where there are things that aren't just human and have very specific non-human things that are going on. So it's mm-hmm. not just humans with a different mask or something. Um, and I thought that was interesting. And I could totally see a bunch of D&D nerds really mm-hmm. like glomming onto that and wanting to turn that into like actual rules for D&D and stuff like that. And I wonder if that's what yeah. happened. Um, and, and yet the non-human sentient creatures of the world are also not really like anything analogous that you've seen in fantasy or honestly even really sci-fi um right and so and so there's a lot of like it's it's a really intriguing world i wish somebody would tell a story in it because i don't know that this book really taught did that (laughs) i kind of feel that it probably would have been better as an anthology with a bunch of short stories Mm. happens that show different elements and show different characters and here's a little story but shows a pastiche of that setting right. so you're, you're doing it from that way. because yeah there's so many vignettes that you can grab but for your dna setting show a urban fantasy cosmopolitan mm-hmm. city that people can wreck so you can get inspiration for your water deep for your greyhawks your all those big your sigil your all those big cities mm-hmm. where a bunch of people are, are of different types, you can grab inspiration from that. So, so it has all these interesting and weird sentient, sentient, you know, creatures that are, are beings that that inhabit the world that I think are are you know, we're introduced to our main character um, who is just human, but then his girlfriend is um, the there are these bug people. They have human, it's like half insects, human bodies with like, in, but like full insectoid bodies on their heads, sort of thing. Um, well, and she's an artist, and she actually mm-hmm. makes it uh, makes her art. Um, it's partially her spit, and then right. and she makes the stuff, which is interesting to me. So one of the other things is the author. Uh, my understanding is an academic. I want to say anthropology and trade routes is what I heard, or something like history of trade. Um, and I think that really comes like that if that's true, all true, like that makes sense to me because there's a lot of mm-hmm. interesting tidbits they're pulling to he's pulling together. So like that whole insect thing reminds me of um there's a I think it's carmine or carmine, there's a, a, a color that's from these beetles that you pick off of mm-hmm. cacti in southwest US and it makes this red color that was world around for a while and just like all these little tidbits mm-hmm. are in there that might be like pulled together to make this thing but there's so much of it i was surprised to even hear that it's the first book potentially i think it was the first book in that series yeah. and for that world and so i was assuming that other people reading it had had already had an introduction and no you're just thrown in via isaac into this i mean very I mean, I assume that's why the first half of the book is largely just describing the world because because it's everybody's first because it's so alien. Like there's a little bit of familiar because there's a little bit of like steampunky technology ish, dirty and gritty city life, whatever. 
Um, there's a little bit of like echoes of of colonialism and and civil rights and and that kind of stuff. Worker, you know, uh, uh, labor rights uh, fights and that kind of stuff. There's there's all these sort of little elements that are kind of familiar, but the people are very different, right? You, you so we have the bug headed people. We've got the cactus people. We've got um, I forget what they look like, but they there's people that manipulate water. They can do water crafting. Um, there's what else am I missing? The bird the, person, the bird people, the Garuda. Um, oh, and then the, there's the remade, which is they. I was gonna say that's a big one to bring in. Right, because they're like partially organic, partially um, so construct. It, it's. Right, and they were they're remade because they're it's their punishment for some crimes that they mm -hmm. committed, and this group decides how they will be reformed, basically. Right. Although there's also uh, a, only a instead segment... of it's it being like stop doing the bad things, it's we are literally reforming right. you into a, a new creature. Right. Only there are there are some people that we meet along the way that are being remade remaking themselves on purpose uh right so, yeah. so there's the both and so that's got the and it's got this weird technology and and our main character isaac is is an academic and a scientist but the, but also just one of the the natural forces of science that exists in this world are is magic and so they but they they think about it in a very scientific way which is part of why it reminded me of victorian literature because there's a very sort of matter of fact scientific approach to analyzing even the the supernatural yeah, and what's funny about that too is that he's not even and like a re he's kind of respectable, but he goes off into what they think of as like the the things that you shouldn't really research and right. and stuff like that, which also is Victorian in a way. Yes, like the idea that there's large amounts of 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 science you don't do. It's um, it's, it's the Mary Shelley connection that I that I made. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a little it's a little Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's totally the guy that's that's hooking up electrodes to frogs' legs to to see them move, <laughs> which is what they think was one of the inspirations for Shelley. Right. So yeah, um, it's an interesting world. There's a lot of interesting things going on, but man, like you get about halfway through and you realize that oh, I guess the whole story is in the midst of these weird experiments that he was doing. He accidentally ended up hatching a moth that is actually a horrible creature that can't be killed. Um, you know, and that, and that lives off dreams. It lives off of dreams and it exists in multiple planes of existence at the same time, which is why you can't kill it. And I did I did read a synopsis. Apparently part of it too is and you guys may have gotten to this part, is that so the yeah, it has that connection to each other. This one happens to have been hatched out in the wild, but there's a bunch that are in captivity. So it, my understanding is it frees them. Yes. And then they go on a mind eating spree. They, yeah. And, that, and that's, that's honestly, that's where the story picks up. Once that thing hatches and frees the others and goes on, then it becomes a monster hunt and they kind of form a party. And, and this is where I made another D and D connection is they form a party and their their goal is to both survive and maybe find a way to hunt and kill these these creatures while also trying to evade the government that is hunting them down because it was through shady corrupt government actions that these things came to the city and got freed and and whatever um but but there's a little bit of this is a D, &D party where 
one player wrote a 50 page backstory for their character and then you know then then other characters like just said oh well you mentioned that you had this this uh connection in the underworld this lemuel pigeon guy i'll, I'll just play him and and you know so other people just sort of jumped in you know and maybe the garuda whose name i forget wrote wrote a three-page backstory about being exiled and lost their wings and so 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 i so i feel like there was a lot of that right uh and then there were some people that just sort of showed up and said oh well, you've got a backstory you mentioned that character i'll just play them you know uh and everything in between so it felt a little bit like that yeah. at times too. Um, also picking up on the Victorian theme, uh, I think is the, cause you did mention that there's the boyfriend and girlfriend mm -hmm. thing, but the reality is you, there are two different types of humanoids. They're not allowed to be with each other publicly. Right. They have to do all these things very carefully to hide everything and 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 stuff like that. So we don't even get that in the story, right? Like, a, a, it, it just goes to how inhumane and grinding the world is. That yes. even in a world with all of these different types of creatures, they can't interact with each other, which is very Victorian for the class and everything else, too. And, and, where, and where I made the connection to, to, like, civil rights. Like, they had a relationship yeah. and they had to hide it. You know, and their close friends knew, but yeah. right, and and also calling to it, of course, is Perdido Street Station itself, because that's the, around the time when you start getting all these train stations that are connecting large parts of the world together, and you'll have these um, massive hubs where you will have groups that would never, for the most part, ever see each other suddenly have to share space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know that that feels like my thoughts on on the book and and what I thought of it, what I thought of the setting and the characters, and why I wasn't really that interested in finishing it. But I was I was ready to if if y'all were going to move forward. <laughs> so yeah, and we did debate even recording, right? Because and I think this was a good part to talk about because sometimes, like you said, sometimes a book just isn't right for the people who are reading it, and that's okay to stop. Yeah. Well, and we have such sometimes dramatically different. Opinion, you know, preferences in, in, in books and whatever um but so so it, it said yeah. a lot to me when all three of us were having trouble getting through it and decided we didn't want to read it um so. and i know this one's going to be kind of weird and it's totally like a me thing but i this book is not one you can read in the car with your have playing in the car with your kids no you you, even like headphones if if it's at all loud like there's a lot of swearing and and a bunch of other stuff in it mm -hmm. it's all okay i was just having a hard time finding times when i could have that type of book playing yeah. uh yeah. it's not even like saying i would never listen to anything with any of that it's just it's hard for me to find time so when it's like 25 hours or something of that that's very hard I mean, I, be I believe it was a Tracy recommendation uh, of the fantasy novel where they were just fighting fully nude and, and the author described genitalia swinging <laughs> about. So I know Tracy's not a prude on these things. So. Yeah, I know. I mean, the environment, depending on how you consume it. I mean, since you right. both of you, your audio, you have the audience around you. Yeah, I was trying to listen to it when I was cleaning the garage, but I don't have much time when I can clean the garage either. Mm -hmm. So, 
I hear you. I was reading on as an ebook, and so yeah, yes, yeah, so no, it's so. Any other thoughts or, or things we want to share about Perdido Street Station, the book we didn't finish? I think it's the first time we haven't finished a book. We none of us finished the book uh, yeah. for our book club in the what decade or so that we've been doing these. Uh, I don't remember a time when all three of us did not finish the book. Yeah. So. There have definitely been times that that I haven't finished. There have been times that Tracy hasn't finished. Eric's a trooper. He always reads the books, but. I read a lot. I read a lot. But <laughs> I know, I'm also of uh, us three. I'm the only one who does not have any kids or well, does that family too. So I can take that time and all that compared I to. I suppose. Suppose I know how busy you guys are, so that's why I'm like, hey. <laughs> yeah, my wife and I were just talking about. She just started a new job a few weeks ago, and she's talking about how tired she is. And we're just really looking. We have a vacation planned. It, like we're just renting a, a house on a lake in Minnesota and we don't have any plans. So I'm just like, I, every day I'm just going to grab a chair, sit down on the dock and, and pull up a book and just sit and not make plans and not actively try to do anything. <laughs> and that, that sounds oh, nice yeah. to me. So, But I'll still have a kid Thanks. around, at least one kid around. So who knows how much will happen. Okay. So we've shared our thoughts on Perdido Street Station. That said, given that we didn't finish it... Um, and we wanted to be able to talk about that and explain that and talk about some of the things that were particularly um, enjoyable about the book as well and interesting about the, the setting and the characters and what have you. Um, we didn't want to just record it, uh, a 20-minute uh, episode for people. So we thought, hey, we didn't like this book. How about we each sort of talk about something we do like? Uh, so we're each going to sort of make a recommendation about things that we that, – we thought are are good are interesting and fun and sources of inspiration that that all y'all might enjoy. So, who wants to go first? I can go one first. Uh, one series. It's a manga series I've been reading recently, which I've been finding fun and also it, it ha can have some kind of aspect for D and D or games and all. It's a manga series called Spy X Family. There's also a uh, there's also an anime series based on it, but I haven't seen the series. Only read the mangas, but uh, it consists of a family, consists of a spy, uh, who uh, and the uh, he has to grab a cover to as a family to get close to uh, the politicians. From an opposing country, so and he had supposed as a family, so he gets a, a a wife. She also has a secret: is that she's an assassin. She gets a wife. How does one just get a wife? Uh, he meets someone, and basically, she also has a job, and she needs a husband. <laughs> so, story and does. They wiped up. So they, is it, so it's a it's a marriage of convenience for both of them. A marriage of convenience, but they both like. She doesn't know that he's a spy, and he doesn't know that she's an assassin. So those are secrets. Okay. And they also need, uh, they want to get close to, being friendly to the son of the political leader. So they have a, they get a child, and she also has a secret where she's a telepath. She can read people's minds mm -hmm. and things. So 
she's the only character that knows the secrets of the other two, but she wants it. She desperately wants to have a family and all that and keep a family because she was an orphan all the time. So she's helping them along to keep the secret, but from each other and stuff. I don't know. It's a hilarious books. You even get a dog who also has his own secret <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in there. Uh, Phil's, it, it, it is it is great for me because sometimes you play games and you want characters want to have secrets and all that and all that. Mm-hmm. And that's as a story shows how you can have a story where characters can have secrets and you can even have one person who knows everyone's secret, but they also have way that they found out that secret is through their own secret, so they don't want to reveal it. So <laughs> it, it can be a fun yeah. series of, uh, story about just for that sort of pace. Well, especially when you have, I can imagine a D&D campaign where every character has like a big dark secret sort of thing, right? Not not like um, um, the Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden um, adventure does this thing with secrets. But they're all relatively small secrets you know uh uh descent into avernus does a thing with secrets but every, the whole party shares a secret um so i could totally see a everybody has a really big secret that they're trying to keep from each other and at that point like the adventures you go on almost become secondary the story is the interplay between these characters and how and when their secrets are revealed or what they do to keep their secrets uh you know um that could be a whole campaign where especially using like a a, a mike's um lazy dm style right where you're just kind of making it up as you go um because you don't know how all that's going to play out that could be a lot of fun i think cool tracy you have any thoughts or questions on Spy X what? Spy X family. Spy X family. Yep. Oh, that sounds cool. All right. Do you, do you know if the the anime is streamed in North America? It's on Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll. Yep. Know that soon we July me and brother were planning to buy like a month of Crunchyroll. We have a few series and just binge those series. <laughs> Then cancel it. So, and that's one of the series we're, we're planning on, on watching. Okay. Okay. But, uh, I read nine volumes that's been translated in English of the manga. So, okay. Right on. Is there a lot more than that? Is it, I mean, I know I a lot of manga go. But the story's not done after nine. So, there are, there's more. So, okay. All right. Well, Tracy, do you want to tell us your uh, source of inspiration My that pick? you want to recommend? Yeah. I've been um, watching a lot of Defunct Land. It's a YouTube channel, and they also have a podcast. And they discuss, quote, the history of extinct theme park and themed entertainment experiences, end quote. So they do have an episode on one of my, uh, quote, favorite places ever, which is an action park. I don't know if you've heard of that place. Uh, It was a theme park in New Jersey that, they like for instance decided to build this really tall water slide and they paid their own employees a hundred dollars each to basically be the crash test dummies on it uh and they had to t- <laughs> i think it was like less than a month after it opened they had to turn it off because like had to close the that attraction because 
people had been suffering some pretty bad injuries. <laughs> I mean, that sounds so... illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they may be why we have these laws, partially. Okay. <laughs> now, so, um, and it was, like, one of the most dangerous wave pools. Like, it's just, yeah, it was a very interesting place to go, like, find out later. Um, one of my friends uh, had had uh you remember uh, jared we were watching videos and he shared a, a video of like you have to watch this about this 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 insane or whatever uh theme park and i was like jared i've been there <laughs> twice <laughs> i almost died once <laughs> so but they also do disney uh places like if you want to know the like how disney developed why there was Tomorrowland and Fantasyland and all mm. that stuff. They they cover up a fair bit of that, as well as some of the um oh what are the what were they called? The uh World Fairs. Um oh. particularly the one that they did in New York, uh, I think in the fifties or sixties that had a lot of um machinations behind the scenes and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's been kind of fun to watch. Yeah, that sounds interesting. And everything. They should, they, they, should, they should do an episode about the D&D cartoon because that the whole premise of that is that they were on a, <laughs> on a roller coaster. Yeah, I can't imagine that that, that park's still open. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it summons Tiamat. Who wants to get on that roller coaster? <laughs> they made their appearance in a movie recently. They did. So they're still alive. Those kids are kicking. Do those videos, do they talk much about the rides themselves that there are there i'm trying to remember i think at least some of them they do and they talk about the development of uh of some of them uh i i don't think i've watched a ride centric one recently so it's hard to remember um but but yeah like just like what epcot was originally gonna supposed to be which was a real city that people lived in mm -hmm. and all of that stuff mm -hmm. Interesting. Because when you were mentioning about the dangerous rides and all that, I can, if they went into details of the rides themselves, I could see people for D&D get inspiration for like death traps and stuff. Oh, oh totally. I think on the Action Park one for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, thank you for the, that one. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to check that out. We have a Disney trip planned this uh, November, so I'm going to have to seek those episodes out in particular. Um, my recommendations, I'm going to go back to a book. And I was kind of torn between a couple of books. Um, and then I realized that I put one of those books on our books, possible books to read list. So I won't talk about that one because we may do a book club episode about it in the future. But ironically, they're uh, by the same author. I've been enjoying this uh, Drew Hayes lately uh, on Audible. He writes long books, uh, but they're good. And so I'm going to recommend there's a, a series he did called Superpowers. Um, and when I say they're a long book, I mean like book one was 20 some hours uh, in audiobook form. And then every book was significantly larger than the last one. I think the last book was like 60 or 70 hours. It was really um, a, just a a monster of a book, but I also, I, I mean, I enjoyed it the whole way through. Um, so I have found 
that I that superhero novels are a genre that I've really been enjoying lately. Uh, and that's what these stories are. It's kind of um, it's kind of a combination of a superhero novel uh, series and a coming of age um, series. It's about um, so in this world uh, of superpowers, there are a certain percentage of the human population all develop superpowers. It's like 25% of the population get superpowers. Uh, but of those 25%, like only 5% actually can control their powers and they're useful. And then, um, and those are the supers and then everybody else is the powers. They have powers, but they can't really control them. They're not really useful. You know, there, there's the girl that, that, that makes bubbles, you know, they don't do anything. They just sort of are cute and they pop and whatever, you know? Uh, and so the the premise is that our main characters are all powers who were part of an experiment that turned their powers into turned them from powers into supers, and so they are the super powers. And then they go to uh, one of the like three or four colleges in the United States that have a secret training ground within as part of the college curriculum to train the supers to become heroes. They're like hero academies or whatever. And so they all go and they all have, uh, you know, a dorm together or a house together or whatever. And so there's a lot of sort of coming of age, growing up sort of things going on, but also um, two of the main characters uh, are directly related to like this big super hero, super villain war that happened several years ago that almost destroyed the planet. and. Um, the big bad got sucked into a black hole of his own creation, uh, you know, and the and the good guy that was that they were good friends, like was killed. And then it turns out both of them are kind of related to characters in the that are going into this hero academy at the same time. Uh, and how are they going to navigate that relationship and, and what have you. Right. Uh, and so it's I, I found I found it to be an, for, you know, probably. 200 hours of listening it was it was a highly enjoyable 200 hours of listening um uh, like i said i've come to really enjoy uh drew hayes uh and his his writing um it is both um interesting and a little bit funny but also poignant at times uh and and pretty easy to listen to um so that's my recommendation as superpowers it, it, it has the the D, D connection of it really sort of shows a a group of very different people coming together and sort of forming a, a tight knit party in order to um, go through this slowly escalating series of, of events where, you know, it starts off. So, so it's, there's four books because it's in college and each book covers a year. It's sort of Harry Potter like in that way. Right. And that each book is one year of school. Um, and in fact, I think at the time I, I described it to one of my kids that way, it's, it's a little bit um, Harry Potter superheroes and also college not high school um and and as a result there's more you know there's more drinking and more sex and that kind of stuff because it's the college experience and they don't sort of shy away from that um but no but but yeah so it kind of but but you know it starts small we got to deal with our problems there's stuff going on whatever but then each each installment it ties together to this larger sort of storyline or hints at this larger storyline that of course explodes by book four by the end of book four and and you know big horrible bad guys show up and 
some of the good guys don't turn out to be as good as, as you thought they were, or they were misled, or, you know, it's this the sort of typical sort of standard larger storyline, but getting it from this angle and this perspective was really interesting. So that's my recommendation. Ooh, so oh, what, superpowered? Or? Superpowereds. Because it's combining oh. this, that some people are supers and, and these characters were powereds, but now they're supers, and so they're superpowereds. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, and there's four books, and then there's a a, a fifth sort of uh, spin-off book about one of the the, the sort of C-list characters um, that helps train them at one point, and and um, which is also pretty good. Um, he was he was shunned at one point in society because um, he was married. He had a kid. One of the, the his kid is one of the main characters um, who has sort of a Jekyll and Hyde sort of Hulk style power. Um, um, but then he just couldn't continue living the lie. It turned out he was gay and he left his wife and, and abandoned his kid and whatever to go in and live his life. And, you know, now kind of has regrets about abandoning his family, but, but not in being who he is. And so you kind of get some of his story in that, in that spinoff sort of book. So, but he was also shunned from like the superhero community. They didn't want to have somebody who's going to make their public image look bad and that kind of stuff. So, but the other book I, that I, I might want to read as a um, book club book at some point is that he wrote is NPCs, which is also an interesting one about um, it's a D and D style world, but uh, the PCs die and the NPCs pick up their equipment, pretend to be them and go on a quest. Nice. Ooh. And then they run into like NPCs in the adventure, and you see how how that interacts, and it's it's kind of it's fun as well. So, it's like free. It's like the movie Free Guy, but D and D. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. So, you can check that out though as a as a group sometime. All right, so I think it's a, still a little bit of a shorter episode, but hopefully people got something out of out of our conversation about Perdido Street Station and our additional recommendations. But I think that's going to be the end of our episode uh, this month. So I guess it's time to say goodbye. I want to th say thanks to some of our, our uh, higher-end patrons at pa that, that support us at patreon.com slash the Tome Show, such as Doug Palmer, Hyperlexic, Jill Sanders, Leonard Pelche, and Michael Harrison. And if you'd like to contact us, you can send us email, thetomeshow at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sarah Dark Magic, and allegedly I have a blog at SarahDarkMagic.com, <laughs> and that's Sarah with an H. I say, how often are you on either one of those uh, platforms these days? Uh, I still check in on Twitter at least a couple times a day, but okay. I don't write as much anymore. Yeah, I don't either. I'm about uh, the same way. Yeah, my stress levels are way lower, so we'll keep it that way for a little while. Yep. You can find Jeff on Twitter at Squatch, that's S-Q-U-A-C-H. And where can they find you elsewhere, Jeff? Oh, I don't know. Here? Um, I mean... Oh, here? Okay. <laughs> on the Tome Show? I, were... I mean, we have a Discord as well. I, um... you were... I, I thought you had, um, whatchamacallit? Mastodon? Uh, Mastodon, yeah. I do, I do, but I check in on that way less than I do anywhere else, so. Okay. Sorry, I just wanted no, to make sure. Uh, Eric uh, is on Twitter. Eric Mpak E R I C M P A Q. Is there anywhere else folks can find you? I I am on Mastodon. I also I check semi regularly, daily, uh, and that's again Eric Mpak at dice.camp. 
you can also check my my blog Eric Impact at WordPress.com, where currently this year I've been participating in the Dungeon 23 uh, oh. by, by creating a traveler's sector. So, I, I stuck with the Dungeon 23 thing really good for about a month, and then life happened, and I just lost it and then never got quite back got back to it. Surprisingly, still going at it. Good for you. <laughs> One of these days I'm going to start something like that and stick with it, but it, this wasn't that thing. And you can find the show at The Tome Show on Twitter. And you can find us on Facebook, Patreon, and Discord. And watch us live as record sometimes. Uh, the episodes on twitch.tv slash tomeshow. And show notes and other great shows are at thetomeshow.com. And that's our thoughts on Perdido Street Station and some other recommendations. Uh, next month, we are going to read Six of Crows. Next month, no. In August, we're going to read August. Six of Crows. Uh, and until then, keep turning the page, Tomites. I'm off the wall.